Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Hoop Jack Podcast Series. I'm your host, Chris Farmstead. With me, as always, is my marvelous new co-host, Jack. And if you guys don't know who he is, make sure to check out his Twitch channel. It's me, Shark, on Twitch. Is that correct? Yes. So, and he he make, brings up great content, guys. Make sure to go check him out, give him support, give him love. But we're and he has been a great co-host so far. We're here to continue to talk about basketball. So, All Star Weekend has come and gone. Another one. Um, a lot of interesting notes to take from it. Um, first off, we had the Skills Challenge. The Taco Bell Skills Challenge. It was the first year where it was basically teams of three. Um, and we said we had Team Rooks, which included Scotty Barnes of the Raptors, Kay Cunningham of the Pistons, Josh Giddy of the Thunder. And then you had Team Cavs, which included Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley. And then you had the trio of brothers, the Antetokounmpo brothers, Giannis, Alex, and Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Uh, what's interesting is, um, each team won at least one category. You had Team Cavs win shooting, the shooting category, uh, Team Antetokounmpo win the passing category, and Team Rooks, they were the only team to actually finish the relay. Yeah. Um, but it came down to the final round um which was the time to make one half court shot it took team rooks 9.9 seconds and it took team Cavs five and a half so the Cavs ended up winning so i tech i wish i had only bet that one um but what did you think of the skills challenge if you watched it at all um if you pay attention to the commentators they were talking about how the rookies were trying to be cool. And I feel like they were doing that. That's what led them to losing. And I just don't think the Anadokupus had a chance because they just don't have that shooting other than Giannis. I just felt I knew the Cavs would win because they have that perfect combination. combination. Right. And... Um- I also think that, you know, with a team of rookies there, you would think that they would do a little bit better and try to, you know, show their worth, but it didn't show that. It, it they, the, the, Their attitude was just very nonchalant. Yeah, it kind of looked like they didn't want to be there. Right. And then the Mountain Dew three-point contest, um... You had, we had a great talent, Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, CJ McCollum, Patty Mills, Carl Anthony Towns, Fred VanVleet, and Trey Young. Um, they all did really well in the first round. Second round, it, the second and final round, it was the final three of Carl Anthony Towns, Luke Kennard, and Trey Young. And unfortunately, when I picked VanVleet, he had one of the lower scores. He only had 16 points. Yet, I was surprised that Carl Anthony Towns won. Yeah, that shocked me. He was the first big man since Kevin Love to win the three-point contest. And he uh, set the record for most points in the second round. With 29, yeah. Luke Kennard and Trey Young both had 26, which is still impressive, but Carl Anthony yeah. Towns 
just lighting it up from half court. Um, but I was excited to see him do his thing, you know, represented for the, not only the big man, but even for the Timberwolves themselves. And then the dunk contest. Oh, God. I'm just very disappointed. But I also can't because there's only one dunk contest that is so hard to compete with. And that's the 2016 that it was not the two that was it 2016? Yeah, it was 16. Dunk contest between Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. There's no, there's nothing you can compare. It there's, won't be matched. It won't. And when you look at the scores from the rounds of the dunk contest, not one single person made it to 50. Not one dunk was a 50. There the was highest 40, was like a 46. Highest was no, the highest was a 47, and that was Obi Topin's second round dunk. That was his last yeah. dunk, which is embarrassing. Kinda, yeah. It was such a very low effort. Like it was, I think Dwayne Wade said, "I give this dunk contest a six. Yeah, that's what he said. And Shaq looked the- disappointed. I would have been too, because it's just, there's no one's being there. Well, I think one of the statements was we're seeing dunks that guys would do in a game. Show us something that would you would never see in a game. Like, like between the legs, someone could do in a game. You know, the windmill yeah. could do in a game. A 360, someone could definitely do in a game. But show us something that can't be done. Wasn't Blake Griffin? The one that did the dunk over the car. Yeah, but even that one was just not... He only jumped over the hood of the car. Yeah. He jumped over the hood of a car. Now, if he had jumped over the whole car, then yeah, we'll be talking. He jumped over the hood of the car. That was not but a But at fit. least that was creative. These guys, like, Colt Anthony brought out those... What were those shoes? He brought uh, out... He wore Tim. Yeah. His dunk. I, yeah, I mean, like, that's just not. I feel like the average person that can dunk can pull that off. Yeah, and it's also the fact that when we saw Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, at least Aaron Gordon used the mascot, and he even did the between both legs over the mascot. Yeah, that's something that you would never see. That's a fifty. Vince Carter's throwback to th- his 2000 slam dunk contest by himself was amazing. You have, you know, guys like Nate Robinson, Dwight Howard, um, Richard, um, Jason Richardson, Jason Richardson. Yeah. Thank you for the help. Um, you have those guys who have done amazing dunk contests. This one was just one of the low ones. And the fact that no one scored a 50, the fact that not one dunk scored a 50 means that this dunk contest did not do any expectations. And as the commentators said, from now on, I think they should have the dunk contest at the start or the middle of the All-Star Saturday night because it just felt, it just felt so underwhelming. I think also you need to add... Uh, other people not just 
You need to add rookie. other stars in the not just rookies, but when you see dunks from like professional dunkers like Jordan Kilgannon, you know him, one of the professional professional dunkers. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, you gotta look him up. He he does amazing dunks. He'll do like no look behind his over his head. When you get a chance, look up the YouTube video with him showing off to Gary Payton. That's stuff that you wish you could see in a dunk contest. But in my personal opinion, I think they should just have Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon and only them in it every year because they'll impress. Right. And then last but not least, we had the All-Star Game. Team LeBron still going undefeated at 5-0. It was actually uh, a good game. It was a good game. I mean, with the Elon men and everything. Uh, Team LeBron, you know, Curry, uh, even, uh, yeah, Team LeBron, Curry had a 50-piece. Giannis had 30, LeBron 24. Uh, and then Team Durant, you had Embiid with 36, Booker with 20. Like, and I think I can't believe it was that close. If KD was there, I feel KD like it would be a different story. Would have, I think they would have won, but yeah. it also came down to LeBron making the last bucket fade away to win it on the Elam ending. Mm-hmm. So, luckily for the FanDuel boost, it had Giannis, it had Embiid. Giannis, LeBron, and Curry to combine for 100 points, and they overperformed. So, that helped. Yeah. That helped the fan duel out a little bit. Um, so, now we're done with All-Star break. New games don't start again until thurs- Thursday to beat 24th of February. And right now, and we've gone over the standings multiple times, and also with the fact that uh, Chris Paul is now hurt for, I believe, six to eight weeks. With a fra- with an injured thumb, I believe that was right. Do we are the Suns still gonna maintain that top three finish? Top two, probably top three because they're not gonna drop that far. I think they can still finish top three. I mean, Devin Booker's a strong player, and that team is a good team. I mean, without Chris Paul, that's gonna hurt. But I still think they can maintain that spot, and they'll still have a chance to keep home court home court advantage. The only team that would probably make a threat towards them going down would probably be Memphis or Golden State, and that's because they're it's one two three. But Phoenix, even when Chris Paul comes back, that'll make it'll help them back out, and he'll be ready come playoff time. Playoff call will yeah. be written. He'll, 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 he will earn the term playoff P. Instead I just want him to win a ring. I would want I want him to win a ring too. He probably could have had it last year, but they just they couldn't hold that Milwaukee Bucks team. Yeah. And then with the East, you still have Miami and Chicago right there. Um, I think Milwaukee could make that boost up to fourth, maybe fifth. I don't even. Even they could get back, they can get to the top three easily. Because they're only, that whole, from one to five, it's basically a two and a half game back difference. It's not as far as the West. But at the same time, 
I could still see Milwaukee moving back up to the three, to the top three. Cleveland maybe still stay in the top five, just depending on how well everything fits. Mm-hmm. And then Atlanta, if they could just find a way to that stretch. And with Atlanta's schedule coming up, it it looks close because let's see because they start back because like I said the league games start back up again on Thursday and with Atlanta's remaining schedule they have it's pretty much back and forth between away at home oh they have the next four are tough you have Chicago, Toronto, Boston, and Chicago again. So those four, and it's a split between at and uh, at Chicago at, to start, and then home versus Chicago. You're home versus Toronto, but you're away at Boston. That's a tough, you know, stretch that they have. I mean, they still play Milwaukee. They still have Memphis, Golden State, Cleveland, Toronto, Miami. It's close. Like, that's a tough... It's a tough remaining schedule to stay within that top 10. It's going to be really difficult. It's going to be difficult. Because now they're at the stretch where they're still playing against some competition, but they need... Especially at home, if they want to even have a chance to stay in the top. Yeah. Let alone 10. And then... And also going back... To uh, Miami and Chicago with the first and second place. What I think is will happen. I think they're just gonna play hop to hot potato for first place. It really is because they're even right now, and no one, not none of the other teams like you know Philly, Cleveland, or even Milwaukee. Unless Milwaukee makes that stretch later on, I don't see them moving up to take away that one or two spot yeah and then checking out the west the lakers right now sitting at a ninth seed but they have some good games coming up like they play march 5th they're home against golden state then they're away at phoenix on the 13th they still play philly I mean, it doesn't look bad, but so far they they've lost to teams. They've lost to the Clippers. They've lost to the Hawks. They've lost to the Hornets. They've lost to Miami, Indiana, Denver, Sacramento. They've lost to nearly everybody. Mm-hmm. And with the Golden State uh, game, I think it'll be one of those close games again because uh, the first time they met, like just recently it was like a one bucket game against golden state let me their last game again they were at golden state they lost by two so yeah close but i'm worried because being a lakers fan they might not make it if the way that they keep it going they're because they're not a championship team but 
they would have the chance right now if the playoffs started today they would be playing against the clippers for that you know seventh eighth spot Actually, I just no, lost all hope. I, I, I take that back. They would be playing against the Trailblazers for that oh, spot. God. For that, like, eighth spot. Hmm. So, and even then, they'd have to play a seven-round series against Phoenix, and... That's not going to go well. They didn't do so. They played Phoenix last year and lost. Plus, we got Westbrook now. So, that's not going to help. No, it's not. Um... So, all right, guys. So we are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have our one-on-one Cooper profile with Dayton University women's basketball star, Jenna Jaconi. So stay tuned. Hello, uh, welcome back to the Hoopjack podcast series, guys. And today for our one-on-one Hooper profile, we have a very special guest. From Dayton University, home of the Flyers, we have Jenna. It was Jaconi, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Jenna Jaconi. Uh, Jenna, how, great to have you on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So uh, I know we're kind of winding down towards the end of the season. How is the team looking so far, getting ready to head into the A10 uh, conference tournament? Yeah, we're in a really good spot. Uh, we have just one conference loss at the t- at the moment. Two two games to go. Um, big week coming up to compete for a regular season championship, um, and then you know we go right into that conference tournament. Um, you know, try to get the the automatic bid into the NCAA tournament and or set us set ourselves up to get in that large. But um, our two main goals are that conference regular season championship and then the tournament championship. So that's what we're focused on right now. And what's unique with you is normally you hear about fifth year seniors, someone who's a sixth year senior. Yeah, it's definitely uh, unique. We actually have three, three of me on the team. There's three six years. Um, I'm the only one that has spent all six years at UD. So that's definitely unique, but enjoyed every year I've been here. I also think that is interesting. You spent six years with the same school. It, you must have hit home when you fell in love with the Flyers. Um, what brought you? Uh, so before we get to how it brought you there, you actually started playing basketball growing up in New York, correct? Yes. And I'm, New York's a big basketball, not only just the city, but a state in general. Were you committed from at a young age that I just want to play basketball? Were you kind of just seeing different and later on saying, I want to do this. Yeah, I mean, I definitely was involved in multiple sports, but I, I truly believe that basketball was my core, my first true love, my core focus pretty much all the way through. But I did try, you know, volleyball, soccer, a little bit of track. Um, so I definitely was involved in multiple different sports, but always stuck with basketball and always kind of knew that it was going to be my go-to sport when the time called. And it's good to hear that you kind of were – trying out other sports i've you know met and talked to a lot of multi-sport athletes who went to basketball for either especially guys they were basketball football and they didn't want to continue with football because of injuries and the women you know it it, it was a feeling it was always a feeling out situation you're everyone's trying different sports but ultimately they fell in love with the game and they fell in love with what 
can happen with their future with the game of basketball. Yeah, absolutely. I, I um, finally learned like where it could take me and kind of put all my free time and my effort into training outside of, you know, my high school and AU seasons um, and just, you know, try to prepare myself to get to the next level and uh, be prepared when I, when I reached it. So you played your high school career at Bethlehem Christian High School, is that correct? Yeah, just Bethlehem High School, no Christian. Oh, just Bethlehem High School. Was it like a regular just high school, public yeah. high school, or just a charter school? It was a uh, Bethlehem Central High School. It was a public school. Okay. So um, that's located how far away from, I would say, New York City? How far is that away from, like, the actual city? Yeah, it's about three hours north of the city. Okay, so still outside, but you're still getting a lot of competition where you're playing at and against correct yes absolutely and what was what was that like kind of with that group growing up in high school yeah it was awesome I mean I was introduced to you know top top experience um top top competitors very early early I got to play with a lot um people on my AU team you know I had several people that I played with and knew that also went to the division one level um, and so just be able to go through that process um, and compete with them every single day definitely made me a better uh, player. Um, and I also grew up alongside my older sister, Gabby, who was 15 months old or is 15 months older than me. And she went on to play Division One at Northeastern in Boston. So that was also very helpful in having someone to, you know, follow in her footsteps through the recruiting process and to always work hard with every single day. And that's great that, you know, family you got to be kind of really close to family, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And while playing also at Bethlehem High School, you were a part of the Albany Capitals AAU program? Yes. And how was that experience like being able to for the around the AAU circuit? Yeah, no, that was a great experience too. Um, Albany Capitals did me very well. We went to a lot of the big-name tournaments, got a lot of exposure through them was able to play with some um, really good players um, as my teammates, people that went on to play division one as well. Um, and so that was just great exposure and a great experience. And really what helped me get to the next level was being able to travel around the country with all the capitals and play not only against the best competition, but in front of um, a lot of coaches, college coaches. And you were beginning to make a name for yourself, not just within the AAU circuit, but with high school, what was that feeling kind of getting the nods for McDonald's all a McDonald's all American nominee, as well as a Gatorade player of the year nominee that had to have been a great feeling to know that the hard work was paying off in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just kind of all hit home for me all at once um, in terms of, you know, getting some bigger name schools reaching out to me in the recruiting process and then also getting those uh, nominees for the Gatorade and McDonald's All-American. You know, things kind of all hit home for me all at once, um, but was able to make a decision to attend UD and commit to them. And, you know, the high school career, well, memories that I'll never forget, those nominations, things I won't ever forget and uh, helped me get to the next level. And what what brought you to Flyer Nation? What kind of gave you that choice to be like, I'm going to play here. I'm going to stay here no matter what. Yeah. I mean, I definitely went through the recruiting process very carefully. I kept all my options open for quite a while, but I kind of had that cliche moment when I was finally convinced to do an unofficial visit at UD. I kind of had that 
cliche moment that everyone talks about, just like the when you know, you know type of feeling. And I didn't need, I didn't need to spend much time on campus or with the coaching, coaching staff or the team that was here at the time um, to understand, you know, what UD has to offer and the community that it has here um, and that I want to be a part of it. Right. And I'm glad to know that six years later, that love for Dayton is still strong. Yeah, definitely. College career with one school and I, I imagine just some people, if they were like in a different situation would have left, but you have made the most out of your situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think it goes to show just like the work ethic and the loyalty. If you buy in as an athlete, I think with the new transfer portal rules and not having to sit out, we're going to see huge changes coming, coming in the future with kids transferring and up and leaving to, you know, switch universities. Um, but I kind of just trusted the process and, you know, I fought through injuries. I fought, fought through days of not playing and sitting on the bench and being a vocal leader and then playing 40 minutes and being a starter. So I kind of, I filled the shoes of every role that there is to be a part of a team and kind of stayed the course and trusted the process. And uh, now I'm here in my sixth year uh, fighting for a championship. So to end out my career. And that's great that you have held that kind of role as the the patience is wearing air and you are committed to the program. And like you said, you're getting ready for another A-10, not just regular season title, but a championship title. You actually have two titles under your belt. Yes. Yeah. I'm jealous. Uh, <laughs> in your, in 2016, 2017 season and the 20 and the 2019, 2020 season, correct? Yes. And during that time, uh, you have been playing for head coach Shauna Green, is that correct? Yes. How was the feeling when she, how was her coaching style able to help you both on and off the court? And I know I can see that her coaching style has led to multiple championships and tremendous seasons, but how has the relationship with you and her, do you hope to keep that relationship after your time at Dayton? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Coach Green, she's been with me every step of the way um, after she took over the program at UD. Um, you know, her coaching style is exactly what I want to play in coming from high school to college. So it was a perfect fit in terms of the up-tempo, um, free, free type of offense, and then, you know, big pressure. Like, she's huge on defense, very intense and passionate about the defense, which, you know, I wasn't the best defender coming out of high school. Still am not, but I've definitely um, improved a lot in that aspect of my game. Um, and that's all thanks to her and just pushing me and my teammates every single day. But definitely um, something that we've you know grown every single year together and a relationship that I'll continue to grow and stay connected and continue to communicate with her regularly after my playing days um, for her are done. And I love to hear that as far as a player-coach relationship because you always want to have that kind of – relationship with a coach who is deep down not only on the court but on off the court you can always go to them no matter what with anything yeah and she's definitely close yeah she's definitely a coach you know she cares that cares for each of her players as a whole person not just a basketball player so it's always you know life and academics and everything first and then obviously super competitive and passionate on the basketball court um but truly takes care of us and you know, wants us to grow in our time here at UD as a whole person, not just a basketball player. 
And then when the pandemic hit, especially the college athletic world, that everything kind of went to a complete stop. How was the team and kind of, you know, the department able to make sure everyone was taking care of each other physically, mentally, and just, you know, reaching out to each other? How was everyone still being able to stay at least within touch with everyone? Yeah, I mean, once we got back to campus, we had, you know, a lot of support from medical staff in terms of walking us through the COVID process, um, the game plan, if, you know, we were going to test positive or if games were going to be played or not played. Um, our team did definitely go through a handful of quarantines, um, but, you know, we were always connected um, from the staff to the players through Zoom, um, staying connected every single day just through our phones, uh, a lot. We, we all live in the same building, so we were able to, you know, do little workouts in the apartments if we weren't in full isolation uh, to stay in shape or to just be able to, you know, mentally stay locked in, um, knowing that, you know, eventually we were going to be back on the court and we were going to take advantage of any game we were able to play during that pandemic, not knowing when the last one might be. Right. So it was just making sure everyone was staying safe and adhering by the protocols. Yeah. And has Dayton facilities been able to open up to more people or still kind of a small gap, like only a certain amount? No, we have, uh, we have fans at the games. Uh, our fan support is unbelievable. Um, every year last year was obviously difficult not being able to have fans, but they're back in the arena now. Uh, we've had, you know, very good crowds for a lot of our games. Um, so very thankful and grateful to be able to have that back in my last season. Um, there's nothing quite like playing in a full UD arena for, especially on the women's side, because you don't see that very often. And that's good. They fan support goes a long way towards the game itself. Really, uh, everyone's excitement, everyone trying to just make and cheer you on to cheer you to victory. Um, so, what are your plans for after Dayton? I know it's sixth year. I did see that you were majoring in business, correct? Yes. Um, so I do have two degrees. I'm working on a third right now. Uh, I, I would like to play overseas. Um, that's, that's definitely an option for me, but kind of just totally focusing on my last college season and, you know, hopefully checking off those goals that um, our team has, trying to stay healthy. Um, and then we'll, we'll look down the road of going overseas and getting an agent possibly. Um, Career-wise, I could see myself becoming a college coach or enter the business industry um, one way or another. So time will tell with that decision. Um, but yeah, not really quite sure what the future holds, but no, I'll figure it out when the time comes, but really just focusing on um, the rest of the season. And it's good to hear that you have multiple routes to go and a set plan to know if any, if this doesn't happen, then you can go to this, or if this works, then right. continuing with that. So it's good to hear that you have plans set up. Right, yes. And with college athletics, especially in your last year, college athletics uh, NCAA athletes have been op available to take advantage of the NIL, profiting off of name, likeness, and even creating their own brand. I do see that you have a few. One of them is you're, you are part of uh, Novus Clothing. Is that correct? Yep. Um, Novus Clothing Company. Um, it's a clothing company uh, back from you know the area I'm from in upstate New York. Um, just a great clothing company that I got, al got aligned with. We share a lot of the same values. They have a motto, claim your crown. 
um, pretty much just live your life to the fullest and attack everything you do. So I signed with them, um, had some JG12 gear sent out to people that bought it a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, really happy to sign with them. And then I've done a couple other little deals, um, just more so in the Dayton area, um, just to help out with, you know, getting through the season and stuff like that. That's good. I also see that you wrote a book. Yes, uh, that's, that's Gab- the other big thing. Gabby's Got Game. Yeah, I did just publish um, a children's book, Gabby's Got Game. Uh, so very excited about that. Um, so how did, how did you come up with Gabby's Got Game? Oh, I just, I never really saw myself as an author or ever writing a book, to be honest. If you told me this a couple of years ago or even a couple, a handful of months ago, I probably would have laughed, but uh, came up with the idea, (laughs) came up with the idea to uh, get a children's book out there, um, specifically, you know, sport, basketball being me, um, you know, but that had a girl main character. You Google, you, you Google basketball kids books and you always have a boy main character, so I just wanted to get something out there with a girl main character, but something that could impact both boys and girls and just, you know, show kids that, you know, no matter what society says or what the doubts you may feel um, about something are like, you can do anything you want and don't let anyone or anything um, steer you in the wrong direction or stop you from doing something that you want to do. Um, that's really the, that's really the point of the book. Um, just a little short, cute story. Um, you know, maybe motivate or inspire young kids that read it. Um, and that's really great that you wanted to reach out to, you know, the younger generation or even a younger generation of athletes or even kids who enjoy kind of that story blend of, wow, anybody can be able to do it. Right. I can't just, I don't want to just limit myself to this. I want to pursue more than what I have. Yep. Um, that really brings me to my last question. What advice would you give to a high school hooper wanting to play at the college level? I would just say to definitely work hard. You have a lot of people, whether it's, you know, people that are super close to you or people on social media that are in your ears or trying to get in your head, maybe steer you in the wrong direction or tell you that you're not good enough. But you only know the work you put in. Um, So just work hard. Do what you need to do to get better. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. Um, and if you want, if you want something, you know, at the, when you're in high school, you're old enough to know what it takes to get to the next level. Um, it's not really rocket science at that point. So just put in the work um, and, the, you know, the work tells the story. That's some great advice. I know that you have worked hard to where you want to go. And again, I'm forward to seeing big things from you in the future. Um, can't wait to see how the rest of the season goes for you at Dayton. I wish you guys the best of luck in the A10 in the rest of the A10. I know tournaments right around the corner. So, yes. So Jenna, thanks again for taking the time to come on the show. I, again, I wish you the best of luck. I know you have multiple routes that you want to go, uh, whether it's overseas, whether it's coaching, whether it's business, the sky's the limit for you. And I wish you the best. Thank you. I appreciate so much. No problem. And guys, make sure to check out uh, her work with Novice Clothing and also her book, Gabby's Got Game, which is available on Amazon, correct? Yes, Amazon and Archway Publishing are good spots to go and find it. Thank you. And guys, make sure to check her out. Jenna, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. And guys, we'll be right back with more Hoop Jack, so stay tuned.
And we're back, guys. So I really would like to thank Jenna for taking the time to come on the show. And guys, make sure to check her out and the rest of the fly, Flyer Nation. And looking forward to seeing them do well in the A-10 Conference Championship. And make sure to check out her work with Novice Clothing and also her book, Gabby's Got Game, which is on Amazon. The link will be in the description in the post. So make sure to check it out. Every look and listen and click goes a long way guys helping us out helping our helping their interviewees out so make sure to check it out when you get the chance and for our dano's deep thought uh i was watching the wolverine badger game yesterday and it went into you know the late part of the game and wisconsin was winning 77 63 and with 15 seconds left to go uh the wisconsin coach called a timeout he called two timeouts in the last minute including one with 15 seconds left when the badgers led by 15 points and all the coach was trying to do was sub players in just to get them some playing time um and Jawan Howard, who's the head basketball coach at Michigan, who rich and if you history buffs know, he was actually a member of the Fab Five, that famous Michigan, the greatest Michigan basketball team in history, with him, Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, all of them. Jack, this might have been before your time, but if you were a history buff, you would know. Yeah, I have no clue what you're talking about. Yep, that's kind of what I figured. Um, no, no hard feelings, but when you get yeah. bad five, um, so at the end of the game, when they were doing the handshakes, uh, for, to kind of congratulate each other and, you know, everything like that, the coach and the, Jawan Howard and the assistant for, uh, Wisconsin, who Joe Krabinoff, oh, no, yeah, Joe Krabinoff. Um, they got into it, and Juwan Howard actually swung and hit uh, the assistant coach. He hit him in the face, and then all of a sudden, everything broke loose. Coaches were fighting. Players were fighting. Uh, security had to get involved. So, on the aspect of calling the timeouts, do you think it was necessary to do that? If you're ahead by that much. I mean, yes and no. I mean, you're leading by 15. There's not really any point to call timeouts in the last minute. But at the same time, you're just trying to sub players in. Get them playing time. And then the aftermath of that. Your, uh, the reaction with Jawan Howard him kind of getting in the assistant coach's face about the timeouts and everything like that do you think that would reflect on players attitudes towards who's in the right and who's in the wrong yes 100 percent. because i mean you can argue about something but at the end what are the throwing hands that that's a no-no you should not be throwing hands whatsoever it should be a very sportsmanlike environment, but fighting people is just gonna set a bad example. So, uh, the Big Ten is planning to take action into it. I firmly believe, and not to be mean, but I think Jawan Howard will be suspended 
Um, so, and what's and what's interesting is this is not Jawan Howard's first incident with an opposing coach since 2019. Last year's Big Ten tournament, Howard was ejected after getting into a shouting match with Maryland coach Mark Turgan. And if he need, and head coach Howard need to be held back by assistance. So this isn't the first incidents, but it's not like it's a recurring incidents. It's just the heat of the moment kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because when I look at it, I think there once it's oh when coaches are just arguing with each other, you try to restrain as much as you can. But once you see hands being thrown and fists flying. That's when you know things are really getting out of hand. That's when you're trying to just calm down the situation as fast as you can. Pull That's when you... Away. Yeah, eventually, if it gets to a point, they'll call off the game. And this is and this is at the end of the game. So the end of the game is done. And I'm, yeah. and I'm ref. I had, I had an incident where uh, coaches were arguing. And I, I let them warning, hey, I'm about to... You guys need to chill out. Otherwise, I'm going to call this game. Can we finish the game? Like, if we if we can't, I'm going to call the game right here, and we're going to be done. And this was, like, with a minute left, and one team has already won. And I'm just like, we stop arguing? We can finish the game, and you can take it outside. Or yeah. we call the game, and nobody will get the win. I'm just going to call it right there. Cause that sounds it, reasonable to me. Because it's it's just at a point where who do because coaches do need to be held responsible. But then when players get involved, it hurts them too because they're just gonna say, "Well, I was defending my coach." Well, there's a difference between defending your coach and then reacting to the situation. Because a lot of times when we react to our feelings, we don't care about the aftermath and the consequences of the actions. Yeah, we don't think. And I get it. You know, we've all, we're not all perfect and we all make mistakes, but I think we can't let our feelings get the better of a situation at, at hand because that's when chaos happens. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like my little Dano's mo- mindful moment, I think, you know coaches need to be held accountable if players get into a fight they need to be held accountable but at the same time we need to teach our teach the next generation and the youth to just not react to a situation with a violent tendency you know take a breath assess the situation think about if it's worth it because if it's not worth it don't do it because your actions will affect others along the line it's the domino effect it's the you know it's the butterfly effect a ripple happens. Yeah, people just gotta. They're on. Yeah, they just gotta take a breath, chill out, and look what's going on, and assess it the best way you can, which won't hurt you or your teammates or your coaches or just right. anybody in this situation. Absolutely, um, and that's gonna really be it for the Danos deep thought, uh, and that kind of segues into my mindful moment with just kind of really just think about your actions that you want to do before you do them because like we said it's the butterfly butterfly effect 
any your reaction actions cause a ripple into what could happen later on in someone else's life because it'll affect somebody else in the long run so always just think before you act and don't act with your feelings act with you know reasonability in a sense um but that's really my mindful moment what about yours jack what's been on your mind yeah just to carry on what you're saying just think before you do something don't think with your heart think with your mind because if you do something bad it could lead to bad things for you it could just ripple every person's life in the situation like it could affect it more than you can think yeah but that's gonna be it for our show guys i know this was short but um hopefully you guys have a great week uh we look forward to hearing how you enjoy the show we're continuing to grow every day we're eventually going to get to that 300 follower mark and uh eventually we will try to see about merch and everything like that because we want to be able to spread our word spread the love and get our show across to many other people around the country and even around the world so from uh, us thank you guys for listening make sure to keep following us on instagram listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify whatever you have and continue continue to support uh if you would like to support the channel donate to the channel head over to our instagram page and we have our tag for our cash app so anything helps and keep listening keep supporting remember don't be a bystander be a hooper and keep balling peace